All right, good morning, good morning, River City family. Good morning. If you would with me, make your way to your seats because it's time for church, y'all. <laughs> Love that. And to everyone who's watching online, we are so glad that you're joining us in this way. If it's your very first time, we would love to give you a proper welcome. So just drop your name in, where you're watching from, and then we'll chat with you there. All right, so you guys already know, we read the lectionary to start our services off. And our lectionary works through the Bible in three years. It connects us with the universal church, and it's usually a psalm. And today's psalm has a really beautiful word picture. It talks about oil running down the head and down the beard of Aaron. And none of that makes sense to us in this context. But in Jewish culture, they would understand this, that oil was something that you would do as you were greeting a guest and you would anoint their head with oil and it would perfume them and refresh them. And so the word picture here is that unity and community is refreshing. And when it talks about running down the beard and the robe of Aaron, that is so much oil, that is so much abundance and so much richness that it overtakes you. And so that is what unity and community does. And so this morning in the words of David, we read, Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. It is like the precious oil on the head, running down the beard on the beard of Aaron, running down on the collar of his robes. It is like the dew of Hermon which falls on the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. And so Father God, this morning we get to come to you in unity and in community. God, we come before you, some of us full of joy from the week that we've had, and some of us with heaviness, and you are God of us all. And so God, I just pray that your spirit begins to invade this place that it begins to interact with each and every one of us in the way that we need most. May you open our hearts and our ears to hear you and to sense what you're doing. God, this morning we just worship and exalt you because you are a good God. You are the kind of God that is relational and that you call us into family and community, that you make a home for us, God, may your presence be strongly felt, not only for the people in the room, but for those on the way and for those watching online. May they just sense the company of Christ. Lord, this morning we just leave everything we have, the good and the bad, at your feet in total surrender. We give you this day and we give you our worship. So as we enter into praise of the people, it's going to be continue to be a little bit different. And there's going to be space for you guys to pray. And my prayer heading into this is that there would be an overflow of the faith that we just proclaimed. The faith that just got built up to see the goodness in the land of the living when we don't see it yet. We've built up this faith and the words were provided for us. And now there's an opportunity for response for it to overflow into the things that are 
specifically for our church, for this building, for the things that we're wanting to see God do and ways we're wanting to see him move. So when there's space for response, my prayer would be that in unison with one voice and in one accord, we would out loud lift our voices to see the goodness of God in areas where we are crying out for him to move. So don't step out of that space. Don't leave that space. Bring it into prayers of the people. Bring it into the next part of our service and use your voice in one voice and in one accord. May we pray for the things that are on the hearts, that what we know to be true, if it's, in our, it's on our heart and it's on God's heart. And so we are gonna pray specifically for two things. One of them is the space. And you're gonna hear during invitations and announcements, there's an opportunity later this week to pray further. But in this space, this morning, we know that there is a conversation after a conversation that needs to start happening with our landlord about space and lease. And when, because God gave us this space in the first place, what we know to be true is that he cares about this space and he cares about our relationship with this space, whether we're dwelling in it or dwelling out of it. And so we're gonna pray specifically for those conversations and we're gonna pray specifically for Leslie who's in this room somewhere. Can you raise your hand, Leslie? Okay, so she's over there. She's point person. She's kind of Joshua leading the charge in these conversations. And so like in the Psalms and the Psalms of Ascension, when they stood together with every step proclaimed the same song, we are going with her into every one of her conversations. She will know that she's not alone. And so for the next 30 seconds, we are going to pray out loud, full of faith and declaration of God's goodness and God's faithfulness. We are gonna pray with her and for her and for this space. That God's way would happen and that he would soften the hearts of our landlords if that is what is in the best interest of his kingdom in Smyrna. And so if you're around Leslie, if you would turn around and stretch your hand around. And if you're not, this is your opportunity to stand in your seat and to use your voice. And may you join with the heavens and pray and declare for God's goodness to happen specifically with this building for the next five to seven years. We want to be where he wants us to be. We don't want to go anywhere you don't want us to go. And we don't want to say anything you don't want us to say. So we ask for supernatural wisdom and discernment that we would be exactly where you want us to be in the city of Smyrna. We thank you that you went before us into this building and that you will go before Leslie and prepare a way for every conversation that's in front of her. draining or rest or draining or stressful but that it would be restful because you are working on her behalf and we can't wait to testify of your goodness of how you work another miracle the next thing that we're going to pray for corporately is for student ministry It's about
about as open as it gets. <laughs> we thought we were praying just specifically for a leader. And then we started to question, maybe it's more than just a leader. Maybe there's some creativity and reimagining that needs to happen. And so what we know to be true is that God really, really, really cares about our students. Deeply cares about them. He wants to know them and he wants them to know him. He wants to use them. He wants to capture their hearts. And so we're really open-handed. We're just like, God, we just want to love them well. We wanna love them how you want to love them. And we admittedly don't know what that looks like right now. And that is okay. We will not apologize for our humanity that we do not know. It makes us fully available for the presence of God to work creatively and miraculously on our behalf and give us ideas we never considered and people we never knew that we needed. And his presence will draw the students. That is his job, not ours. And so in your seats, would you join in with me and with staff and wise counsel and leadership? Would you join in with us and praying specifically for, for us to become aware and made available to whatever God's plan is for our students in Smyrna? Because that's the thing that we want. And we don't want to move out of step, not even an inch in front of him. And so we will wait and we will cry out, trusting and believing that God's got something bigger and better and more creative than we could ever have come up with on our own. So God, we thank you that you and your heart is for the students in Smyrna. We thank you that you love them deeply, that you are for them and that you are chasing them down. And we wanna partner with you we wanna be a safe place for them. We wanna be a place where by our love, they know your love. And, and they are worth the pressing in and the interceding. They are worth us being on our hands and knees, crying out. And so would you just come in the most unexpected way. May we be in awe of you in the ways that you work. We are open to, to whatever you have and whoever you have. in this season of waiting and crying out, I do pray that there would just be an extra measure of love cultivated in our community for these students. I pray that our community would carry that mantle and that burden for our students well. Because they matter and they need to know that they matter.
would come up. Shane is going to pray a blessing over the fathers today. This morning, uh, as I was driving in, the word inadequate hit me, and that was not from the Lord. What the Lord told me was that I was equipped. So maybe some of you dads need to hear that this morning. You may feel inadequate. And he just reminded me of three very important things that happened when I was 15 years old. Um, one was an awakening for me. I got baptized into the church. I also bought my first electric guitar when I was 15. And the only thing I knew I wanted to be when I grew up was a daddy. And so I think it's not insignificant that all three of those things happened. So. Of course, the guy with nine kids is going to pray a blessing <laughs> over the dads. We give thanks, Creator God, for the fathers in our lives. Fatherhood does not come with a manual, and reality teaches us that some fathers excel while others fail. We ask for your blessings for them all, and forgiveness where it is needed, even if it means for ourselves. This Father's Day, we remember the many sacrifices fathers make for their children and families and the ways, both big and small, they lift children to achieve dreams thought beyond reach. So Lord, let our shoulders be the places that they stand. So too, we remember all those who have helped fill the void when fathers pass early. or are absent. Grandfathers and uncles, brothers and cousins, teachers, pastors, coaches, and the women of our families. For those who are fathers, we ask for wisdom and humility in the face of the task of parenting. Give them the strength to do well by their children and by you. It's in your holy name, O oh God, we pray. Amen. Um, one last prayer. <laughs> uh, God, in this moment where we have marked a weekend to celebrate freedom and fathers, we ask that you would free us all from the lie that we have to be perfect. Help us to focus on you and the example that you provided through Jesus and help us to understand that we can be a light to every child that is around us. And as we are praying through student ministry and the growth of this church and all that will follow, we ask that you would give us the strength to stand, the strength to speak, and voices to do so. In Jesus' name, amen. You just got back from the young adult retreat. Let me just hear something. Okay. Awesome. Welcome back. I am not preaching today, and I get to introduce you to the first time you've heard I've been praying for humility, so God is really, he's, he's on time. He's always on time. Amen. So I get to introduce you to Tina, or Christina. Many of you have received emails from her, and today you get to hear from her. So I just want to just do a quick recap of where we've been. In the middle of the pandemic, 
we felt like God was leading us into the idea of what it was like to walk into formation and discipleship as a community. I actually felt like he asked me at the beginning, if you could start the church over, what would you spend more time on? And it would be equipping the saints, which sounds a little churchy, but the idea is that we have not done a good job in the American church of teaching people how to be disciples of Jesus. We've been good at gathering people in spaces. Let's change it. Let's figure out a way. So he asked me to start something. So this year I walked with a group of 12 guys so far. If you're one of those guys, feel say something maybe here. Just, hey. 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 Yeah. Thanks. It's not as fun as the youth young adult retreat, but that's okay. Um, and, and we've just seen the kind of fruit that I've longed for my entire ministry. The kind that allows you to go at a pace where actual growth happens instead of just jumping in. Actually, Sarah was telling me she, she kind of recognized when I first started as a youth pastor, I just kind of got saved and jumped in as a youth pastor. I probably had no business doing that. But there wasn't a clear path to formation and discipleship. So we want to become a church that people would say, wouldn't it be so good to just be with Jesus? And like everyone mean it, wouldn't it be great and awesome to be with Jesus? And so we've seen that happen. And so we, we feel like these simple, spacious places for us to gather together and do some groups together have been really meaningful. And so at the end of service today, we're going to invite you into something that might be uncomfortable, but we want you to just push through. And that's just to kind of have conversations with people in the room. And so those kind of things are so essential to your growth as a follower of Jesus, right? So this summer series or kind of content has been the journey of apprenticeship with Jesus and labeling your place of apprenticeship with Jesus. Bill, if you can bring up these two things real quick. This is kind of what we built it off. Apprenticeship with Jesus is a journey from immaturity to maturity, from wounding to healing, from false self to true. But if following Jesus is a journey, is there a map or landmarks by which we can navigate? Have those who've gone before us left behind their thoughts on how to stay the course, avoid detours, and chart our progress? All journeys are different, but all journeys are similar. The name, to name your stage of apprenticeship to Jesus and your season of life is to better recognize God's invitations for you in each and every day. And this is from Practicing the Way, the website. And it's been very helpful in our groups to walk through this together. And so I shared with you last week a stage theory called the three ways. And one of the parts of stage theory is, an, is, is a pre-stage called awakening. Everybody say awakening. And the idea of awakening is you're not yet a follower of Jesus, but you start to come to life to the reality that there is a God, it's a truth, and that now life will be changed because of that. Now, this happens very differently for all of us. It can happen all of a sudden, or it can happen over a long time. For me, it was, it was more of a season than a moment, and that's okay, and that's good, right? It doesn't have to look a certain way. And so today, when Tina comes up in a moment, she's going to share about our awakenings and the importance of those. I just want to say this. I can't make an awakening happen for you or act like my awakening is your awakening or that it needs to be. But we can create space to allow the Father to invite us, which is what he's so good at. He's so good at inviting us in ways that actually match where we're broken to where it makes sense, right? If blessed are the poor in spirit, why would Jesus not meet us where we're poor in spirit to be real to us? And so today we're going to jump into that for a little bit. And then we're going to get into some groups. But next week, you're going to hear about the opportunity for you, what we've been praying for all year, to jump into the kinds of groups that we did with these, with these guys. We feel like it's 
where our church is headed. We actually feel like it's such a large part, it'll actually become the DNA of our church as we move into the future. And so next week on the 27th, you're going to hear all about that. But until then, one of the best gifts during the pandemic was somehow being introduced to Tina. I don't even, did you, did you, we put a thing out and she came and, and I just want to say this about her as she walks up. Whenever, whatever room she enters, the room becomes more lighthearted. People feel encouraged. The first staff meeting she ever came to, I had a hurt back because I'm aged and crippled and my, I have discs that are messed up. And she, first thing, my back doesn't feel good. Everybody, let's pray for Josh. Yay, let's pray for Josh. She walked over and started praying for me and it was like, yeah, we should be praying for Josh more. And that's how she is in every room. So I'm really thankful for you. I want you to have freedom to share what you need to share. Bless you. Woohoo! Am I on? Am I on? Am I on? Am I on? I told Bill I probably didn't need a mic because I'm so loud. But um... all right, before we get started, um, I have a couple things. So where's Shane? Shane blessed me so much this morning. I said, you know, I feel like I'm kind of stepping into this as being my family. And he was like, you're already family here. And me and James, stand up. Stand up. Hey, that's my new husband, the most handsome man in the world. Um, But we have been like bebopping in and out. And the two days that we've been here and felt the most at home were Easter, my favorite day of the year which I didn't even notice I wasn't at home, which is where I want to be all the time, and Father's Day, and my dad's my best friend, and I'm not here, and I feel awesome about it. So y'all have been a family to me, whether, I don't know how that happened, but yeah, we um, are so glad to be here, and I'm so thankful. So thanks for being here and listening to me and letting me have this space. Um, And also, I want to just invite Justin. Justin, will you come here for a second? I'm sorry, and not sorry all at the same time. So Justin, I think, is giving an invitation for us this morning, and he said something this morning that worship is the thing that lowers the mat into the room where Jesus is. And this morning, I just feel like, you know, we have a lot of gifted people at this church, and we have a lot of gifted things that happen. So there was a lot of gifting this morning already where we can just come in and be entertained But at the same time, I don't think that's what's happening. I think that the anointing that breaks off yokes and that leaves us different when we walk out is here this morning. And I feel like Justin invited us into that this morning. And I feel like also Justin needs that this morning. So I think the most important thing we can do as a church right now is to pray for Justin. And so I want us to come around and respond to his invitation to me to say, worship lowers us through the roof to be healed by Jesus. Um, is the most humble thing he could say. He's the man who needs that probably the most this morning, and he's the one inviting us to Jesus, which is crazy. So I just want everybody to love on Justin and touch out to Justin. Um, Jordan, if you want to come, you can too. Um, So let's all just pray out loud together really fast for Justin and believe for a miracle this morning. God, we just thank you for Justin. Lord, we thank you for who he is to you. We thank you that he is in the palm of your hand, that he is your beloved son whom you've known since before he was even formed in the womb, that you have had his destiny marked out to be good to him, that you will use anything to be good to him. There is nothing that will take away the plans and the purposes that you have to bless him as your beloved son, to set him free and see him soar on wings like eagles. 
Um, God, we just ask for a turning point in Jesus' name. Would your Holy Spirit flood over him, rush over him um, in the spirit of awakening? You knew that we'd be talking about this today. I didn't. Josh didn't. But you knew. Um, So, Lord, would you bring awakening where we can say your yoke was here and he left with the yoke of Jesus instead of the yoke of the circumstance? Yes, God. We trust you, Lord. Bless him as our brother. We lift him up. We carry him to you this morning, and we lower him to you to be touched. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Oh, we loved it. I loved it. Thank you. Sorry I embarrassed, if I embarrassed you and surprised you. God's like that. He'll surprise you. Um, okay, so we're talking about awakening. There's no clue what will come out of my mouth. James, where are you at? I need like a 15-minute wave, Okay. Okay, promise? Because it's 11. I don't know how long I'm going to talk or where this is going to go. So hang with me. I haven't spoken to a crowd in a while, so I'm going to be rusty, and I'm going to try to get not on too many tangents, but I want everybody to just lean in with me this morning and hang on and focus with me and listen to Jesus. Don't listen to me. So if he's doing something else, go with him. But if, if he's moving through me, then listen to me, okay? So just, just lean in with me and hang on because he's here this morning and we're going to talk about awakening because we believe that awakening is actually what leads us into discipleship. So we can't be a disciple. We can't decide to respond and follow Jesus until we've been awakened. But where we're going, so if you zone out for the whole rest of time, where we're going is that Jesus awakens us. We do not figure out a way to be awakened. We come to him and we receive him and we say yes. And his job is awakener. Our job is to be awakened. And actually, most of us in this room, he's already awakened us. Um, And some of us, it's been little moments over a long period of time. It's been slow. It's been just as meaningful, just as real. Maybe you're rumbling with what that is right now. Maybe you're not sure if you've tasted and seen Jesus. Or maybe you're trying to pull out the pieces and put the path together and looking behind you and saying, oh, this was you. This is where you were. This is what you said. This is how you moved. And maybe others of us, we had a dramatic, crazy encounter where it was just like, boom, 100%. I'm all in. You know, that, that's not most of us, but that is a lot of us probably in this room where we can at least point out, oh, I had this dream. Oh, I took this job. Oh, I, I saw you do this thing. Oh, I saw you heal someone. Oh, I saw you set my family free. Whatever it is, like we have these, Josh has been talking about these stones in Joshua 4 where they carried the stones and God said, put them in the river and remember. Like, I don't know if you guys have read the Bible, but every time God does something wild, God does the craziest thing ever. And then they're like, oh, I don't believe anything. Like you could never, you could never do anything for me. Like, and he's like, remember, 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 remember. And so we're trying today collectively to remember when, I, when was I awakened? When did I actually say yes to you? What it was it that you did? It wasn't like, oh, I found a way to say yes. We just want to remember, when did God awaken me? And you know what? Maybe it was your whole life and you haven't even put it two and two together yet. Or maybe you're sitting here right now saying, I wish God would awaken me. I wish I would have a moment where I knew that he was breaking in to the cracks in my heart and where I could realize that I, my whole destiny is wrapped up in being his disciple following him, right? Okay, so wherever you are with awakening, that's a huge word. We've been talking about apprenticeship, awakening. I can already tell I'm not even going to look at my nose. Discipleship. (laughs) And all these words are really big and vague, and they mean really different things to all of us. So the only way that we're all going to go together is if we get really clear on defining these words really quick together. So, Bill, I know I have some type of slides. 
Awakening, so I want to define, we're going to talk about one person in Scripture's awakening. It's going to be Paul. His is the most dramatic, so let's just take the chip off of our shoulder that we are not going to have that so that we can all go together, like Becca says. So, so we're going to look at, at Paul's versions of what he defines awakening as, how he phrases it, and we're going to eventually look at his response to being awakened, and that's going to be our invitation today. But one of the things he says is having, or this is how I like to phrase it, having the eyes of your heart enlightened. Other, a lot of versions say having light coming into the eyes of your heart. A lot of versions, will you go to the next one? Say, to have the eyes of your innermost self open to God's light. So when we're talking about awakening, we're talking about, you'll hear us say taste and see, same thing. That's the next slide, I think. But having the eyes of your inner being opened. Um, and Paul, in Paul's conversion, when he's awakened, it talks directly about his physical sight. But what we're talking about is the inner being being awakened to God's light. So the light comes on for us, and then all of a sudden we're in a relationship somehow. And what Josh is talking about is what type of relationship and where is it and what does that mean for us and all of that and where are we going if he's our leader? Where, where is he leading me and all the things But what I'm talking about is to even get started, there was a moment where a light broke in, and some of us need to just remember when that was, because maybe like Paul, when he gets to the end of his life and he's saying, I count everything as joy, it's because when he was awakened, he was persecuting people, he turns around and in the midst of being persecuted, he can now say, because of his awakening, he can now say, this is all joy. This is all good. I don't, it doesn't matter. So we're going to kind of figure out for us individually, when was I awakened? Have I been awakened? Am I being awakened? And the truth is your whole life is a journey of awakening. Like you're not going to ever like be able to say, I was awakened once and it means nothing for every single day. It means something for every single day, but how much we step into that is kind of the process of discipleship that Josh is leading us on. So um, I don't know where I am or what I am saying, but um, I do want to make the point that <laughs> when we start getting into discipleship after our awakening moment, that discipleship is basically the space God has to move in your life as Lord and authority over your life. So if you come to church on Sunday morning, and if we're honest, a lot of us in this room, it's not every Sunday morning. So let's say two out of four maybe, and that's all the space we give God. That's the extent of our discipleship. But like Josh has been on a journey, we're looking into all the things that God actually commands us to do and how to be a disciple. He teaches us how to do it. We're, we're not that smart. He just lays it out for us. Fast, pray, tithe, read, study, meditate, be alone, go away, like Sabbath, like it's just the basic things and then he shows up, like it's, it's really just that simple. But so the extent of our discipleship could be, which Josh is going to take us on a journey, I know I'm talking really fast, actually my dad told me, please don't talk too fast today, you talk really fast, but the extent of our discipleship could go from whatever it looks like right now, all the way up into, hey, Jesus is actually my best friend. He tells me every single thing to do. Um, He tells me every single moment, anything that I need, and I follow him because he's my rabbi and he's my leader. And not out of works, I didn't earn it, but my proximity to Jesus because of how much I've invested into knowing him personally 
I'm tasting and seeing, I'm becoming awakened in a real time. It's not a moment, it's my lifestyle, and I'm being awakened every moment because the more that we taste and see, what is Jesus' response to taste and see? Come and follow. So in the Bible, people, he calls them out. He'll say, Kara, you're da-da-da-da-da. And then Kara all of a sudden is like, whoa, you knew that about me. You're obviously more powerful than me. So I'm going to come and follow. And they're still like, I don't know. And then Jesus has to convince them again. Taste and see. She has another moment. Come and follow. Come and follow. Come and follow. And they still don't get it. The people that were with him the whole time, they still don't get it. But he's still awakening. That's his job. And they're still being awakened. And the more that they follow him, the more they're tasting and seeing. It flows back and forth, back and forth. Um, and like when Jesus, let's, well, where do we want to go? Where do I want to go at this? Mm, okay. All right. So how does awakening fit into that? We kind of have jumped into that. Sorry, I'm going to be all over the place. I'm probably not going to read this. Um, but awakening, the role that awakening plays in discipleship is that it initiates the process. We are convinced we want to follow him because we recognize he's worth Oh, that's what I wanted to say. Some people in the Bible, they're following Jesus around because he has bread. They're following. They're not really tasting and seeing, but they're like, oh, he's got bread. I need bread. I'm hungry. And then there's these other people where they actually tasted of him and they're like, oh, wait, Jesus is the bread. I'm going to follow him because he's the bread. And then so we're kind of going from like, Whatever your awakening is, it doesn't matter. Like if your awakening right now to up until this point in your life is Jesus has bread, I need bread, he's more powerful than me, I'll just submit and do it to, we want to get over here. We want to be like, I, I can't even live today unless I have the bread. Like I don't even want to do this. I don't want to be awake. I don't want to do anything without him. Okay, so that's kind of where we're going. Okay, so Paul, da 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 we did that. Sorry, y'all, this is just what it is. I haven't done this in a while. Um, there is a cost to being intimate. So there is a cost to moving from awakening to discipleship. So I do want to say that, like, there's, there's a process of submission, confession, repentance, obedience. Like, we are showing Jesus that we trust him when we put in the work to show up and do the things that he asked us to do. And that, that's the shifting of Jesus has lordship over my life. I don't want to be in control anymore. I don't want to have my say on what I want to do, when I want to do it. Whatever I feel, I'll do it. That's like the whole cost is wrapped up in letting him decide what's over my thoughts, taking them captive, what's over my heart, what Josh talks about, trust structures, having all of our affections, having all of our idols, that whole process him even being invited into the secret things we think no one knows or we would never dare tell anyone. That's the process when you taste and see. So the awakening, when the light comes in, it's like, oh, that's nothing. I would tell him and it doesn't matter. Nothing matters because he's the Lord and I'm following him and it's way better that he's the bread, right? Okay, so we're going to read, da, da, da. where are we at with slides? I don't know where we are. Am I talking too fast? Okay. All right, so let's read John three, the John 3 thing. All right, the John 3 thing. All right, so Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. 
Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say, unless one is born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. I'm going to skip a little bit, and then it says... So it is with the spirit that wherever the wind wishes to blow, it blows. Wherever it comes from, you don't know. Wherever it's going, you don't get to decide. The whole point is that you feel it blowing and you had nothing to do with it. So what I want to say about this is everyone who's born in the spirit has nothing. We don't have anything to do with it. God was hovering over us before we were formed in the womb. He already knew us and he's waiting even right now. Like he is waiting to flood in. Like he wants, if you give him the tiniest crack, he's waiting. Like he's the awakener. That's his whole thing. Like that's what he loves to do. That's why we're here. Like I want to propose Jesus didn't come to save us. Sorry, offensive, but for God so loved the world. Like Jesus loved us So he came to love us. That's like literally what he did. He had to save us. Yeah, that's a part of it. But like we needed saving. His thing is like, oh, I want to save them. I want to rescue them. I want to love on them. I want to like show him who they are. Like he's waiting. Show me my picture. I don't say his name right, but he's the best runner in the world. This is is what I think God looks like. Like when we're like, are you gonna, like, do you want to awaken me? And he's like, I'm ready. Go to the next, go to the, this one's just funny, the next one. He's so fast, he's blurry. Like, that's just funny. That's just for fun. But like, I mean, this is God's stance in awakening. What's God's stance in awakening? He's literally sitting there on the edge of his seat. Like, we don't have to convince him. We don't have to be like, well, I kind of have been doing better lately. Like, I kind of been like praying a lot. I kind of been worshiping a lot. I kind of been talking about you more. Like, We don't have a part in it. It could be the lowest you've ever been. It could be the worst that you've ever been. It could be the best you've ever been. He is still just like, how do I say his name? Usain or Usain? Okay, Boltman. So Boltman, that's his stance and that's his relationship to us, right? Like that's his posture of awakening is like, let me at him. And our posture should be like, what? What's our role? Like he gave us the easiest job ever. We don't have to do anything. All we have to do is receive. Yeah, all we have to do is say yes. We just have to let him, oh, you really love me that much? You really want this? You know what I mean? And then when we can break down and surrender enough to the fact where we're like, okay, I want to trust you that maybe you do. He he rushes right in. He's so fast, he's blurry, right? I don't know where we are. How many minutes has it been? Oh, Lord. Um, So, okay. I don't know where we are. Slides. Just skip a bunch. But um, let's read Paul's. Actually, so I was going to talk a little bit about my awakening, and I was going to also talk a little bit about Paul's so that we could look at a little contrast of what it could look like. But I think let's just jump to Paul's. So we're going to jump into Acts 9. If you want to read with me, you can. If you just want to listen, you can. At this point, I should probably just sum up the story. Um, So maybe we'll do that. Read it? Okay. I got Josh's permission. Um, All right. So, but Saul, still breathing threats and murders against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any belonging to the way... Men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. 
Now, as he went on his way, he approached Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven shone around him, and falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? I think it's funny that he says, who are you, Lord? I mean, how did he know? I don't know. But, and he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and enter the city, and you will be told what to do. The men, so we're going to keep going, but Paul's already, Jesus tells him what to do, and he's already been awakened. Like, he's not going to, he doesn't do anything else. He does what he says because he's been awakened. The moment has already happened because he obeys. So what a disciple does is obey, and what a disciple does is imitate who they're following. Disciple means learner, so he's literally had an awakening where he's learned, I'm going to do what he says. So the moment's already happened, even though there's a miraculous, spectacular miracle coming. But so his awakening has already happened. Jesus speaks to him. We don't know what that voice looked like, sounded like. We don't know how he speaks to us the same or different. We don't, we're not sure if he heard an audible voice. We don't really know. But the point is that he heard the sound of his father, his heavenly father, and he walked in obedience immediately after. So rise and enter the city and you'll be told what to do. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless, hearing a voice but seeing no one. Saul rose from the ground and although his eyes were open, he saw nothing. So, they, so he's blind at this point, basically. That's all that's saying. So they led him hand by hand, brought him to Damascus for three days. He's fasting. He's not eating. He's not drinking. But he sees a vision. I'm skipping ahead, sorry. So he sees a vision of a man and God tells another man, go lay hands on him. So the other man comes, they lay his hands on Paul. Paul's eyes are open, he has sight again, and basically he's done persecuting. He's just become a Christian, right? So he, this is his conversion. He basically gets blinded by God, gets spoken to by God, gets directed what to do. His eyesight gets healed. It's this whole huge story, right? And the thing I want you to know is like, has it, raise your hand if, you've had a, if your awakening was like that. Who got radically healed or who like had a dream in the night or who had like this audible voice come down? Like, okay, one of us. And then maybe some moments for the rest of us where there have been a couple of us. Yeah, okay, so come on. That's amazing, right? <laughs> That's still happening. But the rest of us, hey, it might look like this still small voice. It might look like these people that I actually watched and they led me closer and closer and closer to this man, but I don't really know me and him yet if, if we're like, you know, if we're there yet, right? So it doesn't really matter. The point is I wanted his story to be too big, too amazing for us to compare ourselves to it, right? So all of our, convert, all of our awakening is personal. It's relational with Jesus and there's none that are discounted. We're all equal. There's no one in this room that means more to God than any of the rest of us. And all that is true about us is that God is the awakener, waiting to awaken us, and we are the awakened, right? So all of us collectively, we just get to say yes, and we just get to go to Jesus together, right? And try this thing out in discipleship together. We don't know what we're doing. We're just following our leader, right? Our rabbi, right? So my, I was going to give a glimmer of mine. I'll just say, I'll just sum it up in a teeny little space. So when I became a disciple, my awakening looked like me realizing all in the span of probably a year, oh, I've been looking for this, Jesus is the better version. Oh, I've been looking for this, Jesus is the better version. Oh, I've been looking for that, 
Jesus is the most authentic version of that. I've been looking for purpose. I've been looking for destiny. I've been looking for joy. I've been looking for peace. I've been looking for adoption. I've been looking for family. I've been looking for meaning. I've been looking for all the things. I've been looking for approval. I've been looking for gifting. I've been looking for where do I belong. I've been looking for value. I started to realize, wait a second, Jesus is the best of everything. The thing that I love about this person, oh my God, that's Jesus in that person. The thing I love about this person, that's Jesus in that person. The thing that I really, 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 really want, oh my God, he's the better version of that. He's the best of everything. So there was a season of my life where I fell in love with God, smack in the face. I, did, I was running away from him, and that's right when he met me because that's what he does. He has spoken to me tonight. He gives me all types of crazy stuff. My life has only gotten crazier, crazier since then. And it's okay, like, it's okay, you know? But, like, the awakening for me was that God all of a sudden surfaced out of nowhere as, like, oh, you're the real thing. You are that real thing I'm looking for, and it's bizarre. So you're the bread, got it. I'll jump off the, if you take that bread and you jump off a cliff with a pool of snakes around you, I'm going to jump off because you're there. It went from, I want all this stuff from you, to... I hope everything's, everybody thinks I'm good and that, like, I'm a good person to, like, oh, let's go. Like, I'll, I'll do whatever you say, you know. Let's go, Becca. No cuss words today, Becca. I've never, I've not been a cusser until I started working here. I'm just kidding. We love Becca. All right, so y'all ready? We're gonna wrap a bow. We're gonna wrap a bow around this. I love her. She's the best. I love her. Okay, so let's wrap a bow around this. We're gonna look at Paul's response to being awakened. So this is gonna lead us into, I think, perfectly where Josh goes after this. But we're gonna go to. Let's do Philippians three, Passion Translation. Um, sorry, Becca. Love ya. What? Hold on, give me one second. I think I'm looking at verse 7. Okay, we're going to start at verse 7. Is that right? Oh, nice. Okay, so yet all of the accomplishments that I once took credit for, I've now forsaken them, and I regard it as nothing compared to the delight of experiencing Jesus as my Lord. He's talking about awakening and discipleship at the same time. He's saying everything, nothing else matters because I've been awakened, and now the delight of experiencing Jesus as my Lord in real time is my discipleship unto Jesus. I truly, to truly know him meant letting go of everything from my past and throwing it all, all my boasting on the garbage heap, it's like a pile of manure to me now so that I may be enriched in the reality of knowing Jesus and embrace him as Lord in all of his greatness. This is the whole point right here. Y'all ready? Hang, if you distracted, checked out, check back in. My passion is to be consumed with him. Okay? So this is Paul's response to being awakened. My passion is to be consumed by him. Okay? So Let's talk about one other person. So John, in the scriptures, he's described as what before he self-describes, I'm God's favorite. He's described as the son of thunder. Okay, a son of thunder. Somewhere within three years, we don't know what happened. Like with Paul, we, don't, we knew, but with, with John, we don't know. But somewhere between 
I'm a son of thunder. By the time Jesus is done with his ministry, he's saying, I'm God's favorite. And I think that leads us to where we're going. Like in our discipleship, I want all of us to be able to say, hey, I'm Jesus' most beloved because I know him that well. Like I know exactly what he thinks about me. And somewhere along the way, all the stuff behind the door, all the identity stuff for John just whoosh went away. He was no longer a son of thunder. He was self-proclaiming. I'm the one God loves the most. Like we don't know if that was one day That was like two years and 360 days. We don't know. But it could have been right after he was awakened. We don't know. But when the point of where we're going is awakening leads us into being able to say, my whole passion is consumed by him. Or to say, I'm God's favorite. He loves me so much. That's the whole point of being awakened is that we start following this person around and imitating him, obeying him, doing what he did, falling in love with him. He all of a sudden has lordship over our thoughts, over our heart, over our actions, over the jobs we take, over the houses we buy, over the people we're in relationship with, the way that we relate to the people that we're in relationship, the way we talk to our spouses at home, the way we think about our family members when they're not there to hear what we're saying about them, right? The way we trust him with our money, all of it. It's all wrapped up in, okay, I've tasted and I've seen, and you're better. So I'm going to do it your way, right? Oh, I'm over, right? Okay. Um, so I did want to pray. I think I've went a little all over the place. I hope someone in here got something, but I'm going to pray over us. I forgot to do young adult testimonies, just realizing. So I did want to pray a blessing over you before we enter into a space. We're going to kind of sit with God for a minute and you can, what Josh says, free skate. He calls it free skate means you do whatever you want. You pick your own adventure. So if you're If you're nervous about circling up with someone and talking about your awakening and you want to just sit for a few minutes and think, okay, let me really figure out what is my awakening, do that. If God's talking to you about something else, stirring in your heart, do that. If you just want to worship and sit and be still and be quiet, do that. If Whatever it is for you that you need right now, we want to spend a few minutes. It's not going to be crazy long. It's just going to be a few minutes to really sit with What is my awakening? I want every single one of us to leave here today knowing Jesus awakens us and we say yes to him. And if he hasn't done it yet, he might do it in me any moment, right? Or you know what? I need to go pick up my stones and bring them with me to where I am today in 2021, June, whatever day this is. I might need my stones and I might need to sit and look at them for a good full week so that I can remember who I am and who God's called me to be and where he's leading me from this point forward. So whatever your awakening is, just sit, wrestle with it for a second. Invite God to speak to you. Maybe you need prayer. Actually, like maybe you just are like, I don't want to do this by myself. I actually want someone to come sit beside me for a second. Raise your hand. We'll pray for you. It doesn't matter. This is free skate. No one's watching you. No one cares where you're at in your journey. We're all doing this together. Um, So I'm going to pray, and then we're going to find a time to do testimonies from Young Adult Retreat because we didn't. Um, So River City Church, I call your spirit to attention in the name of Jesus of Nazareth right now. I bless you with the joy of the Lord that is found only in his presence. Listen to God's word for you. You have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. 
I bless you with the greatest joy of all that comes from experiencing the presence of God deep within your spirit. I bless your spirit as a sanctuary and not a war zone, as a safe place, a place where you are visited by the Holy Spirit, where he broods over you and you become intensely familiar with the presence of God in you. I bless you with experiencing the joy of his presence in both private and public worship. I bless your spirit right now to remember the moments of your awakening. And I bless you to be aware of the ways God is awakening you right now. I bless you with the unending and unsearchable depths of his love for you as his beloved. I bless you with faith to believe that you were created with a purpose and a destiny to be known and enjoyed by your heavenly father with moments of fellowship and intimate awakening experiences that are between you and your Abba father alone. I bless your spirit to quiet doubts and fears and anxiety with the truth that sets you free, that the Prince of Peace is the shepherd of your entire being. And he's here right now and he's longing to dwell within you and speak to you right now. So Lord, we love you. Thank you that you're here. God, just come and just touch us this morning. We trust you, Lord. You're our rabbi. So, thank you, Tina, for doing that. Father, we just uh, confess the spirit of potty mouth in this place. We're going to pivot a little bit. So, those who are here to help guide the groups, we're going to do that conversation next week when we present what the groups will be. Because I really would like to hear the young adults that just went on the retreat and maybe give a little more space than we would have. Uh, for some of you, I know this is probably longer church than you're used to. That's okay. That's completely fine. I would actually ask you to wrestle with why that would be a struggle in prayer. And so if you are a uh, young... Is that too, is that too strong? <laughs> to me, it felt like an invitation. <laughs> if it felt harsh, maybe wrestle with that as well when you're... So so if you're one of the young adults that went on the retreat, I would love to give you some space to share. But we're going to give it up for Tina first. Thank you, Tina. I love the way you talk. I love the way you talk. All right, so did you want to come up? First, I would just like to say, for the sake of my job, I am still being sanctified, amen? If you thought that I was perfect... I am sorry that the illusion has been shattered. But if I have done that well at making you think I was perfect, that is the grace of Jesus. Anyway, so I had the privilege of putting this together because I had a massive amount of people in our little young adult squad begging for some kind of get-together, which is hilarious and so strange because we are a very weird concoction of people. Uh, And the fact that as diverse as we are, not only in age and race, but personality, it's amazing they wanted to hang out together. Uh, And so at first I was a little hesitant that this was just going to be like the trendy thing to do. Let's just all go to a cabin and like get in the hot tub. Guys, 
What ended up happening was so amazing to me and was so refreshing to have a group of friends that just want to know Jesus. That was it. In fact, I thought that I was going to really have to struggle to get us to do spiritual things. But literally, they were like, can we pray more? And I'm like, dang it, I need to pray more. <laughs> Being sanctified, amen. So anyway, if you were one of the at least three people that said you would share, we're going to just do that thing where we don't wait long in between, so it's awkward. If you know you're going to do it, and Holy Spirit is telling you to do it, just do it. It's more painful when you wait. Amen? So I'm just going to call out somebody first, and I'm really sorry. Bethany, you ready for this? Give it up for Bethany! The Spirit told me that was coming, so... Um, yeah, so I've been super absent for the past, like, 15, 16 months for a lot of reasons. And in that time, I've been unlearning a lot of doctrine that has been really harmful in my life and decoupling from that. So coming back into a church environment, especially, like, a weekend-long getaway where there's, I don't know, 20-something of us and not a place to hide, um, I was feeling very cautious about that not scared but very cautious and through the course of the weekend just in conversation being able to open up a little bit about some of my experience and my learnings was just reminded and given a very practical tangible extension of what Christ is to all of us being an accepting and open place so very grateful for that very grateful for this community and the freedom that it's given me for healing and growth. All right. I wrote down notes last night because I don't volunteer for stuff like this and I'm throwing them out the window a little bit. So we're sitting there last night and Becca had the grace to invite a bunch of people that have lived a lot more life than we have and have it a little bit more together or at least can we can learn from them. And so last night, Bill and Jen showed up and it was after dinner, and Becca made like 18 cups of coffee, and a handful of us drink a lot of it. And so they finished talking, and they said, do you have questions? And we started hitting them, question after question after question of, how do you know when X? How do you do this? How do you make life changes? And um, they handled it with a ton of grace <laughs> and answered all of them, which is impressive. Um, but I think the thing that stood out to us as a group of people that are very, very different, but most of us land at River City because there's something in the past that we were trying to like, try something new, let's do something different. We didn't belong, we came somewhere different. And um, they said that God doesn't see your past as a mistake. God is not in the shame or guilt business. God is just there trying to love you and bless you. And they said, the only thing you have to rest in is that you are born a child of God. You were born that way. It did not come later. It did not show up when you were awakened. You're just a child of God. Start there. Go back to that. Keep that at your core. And the rest of it, there is no shame or guilt in. None of it. Because you're a child of God. You're in his image. And then Mariah said something after that that said, as they were talking, Beck and Mariah were like, oh, we should do communion. And they ran into the kitchen and like started breaking bread and started doing all these things. Tortillas. Corn tortillas. Because, you know, half of the young adult group are like gluten-free, y'all. Um... <laughs> And she goes, you know, I'm standing in the kitchen and we're breaking apart this loaf of bread and I'm thinking about the fact that all of these pieces look super different. 
And everybody in this group looks super different. We were raised Southern Baptist. We weren't raised in church. We were raised Pentecostal. We came from all over the place. And, but they all came from the same loaf of bread. And that's why they all fit back together. And that's all I got. If I don't do it, I'm not going to do it. I took notes too. So you guys just take your coffee. Um, I also would like to say, um, just to help Becca out, that I won the superlative for the most likely to drop the F-bomb while doing leading spontaneous worship. So um, I will also just confess that. Um, so <laughs> going into retreat, I, um, y'all all know I deal, struggle with anxiety and I'm working on breaking free and believing for healing in that. But it was a very anxious, anxious week, you know. Um, work has been super overwhelming, and <laughs> this is going to be tough for me. But anyways, so I didn't have, like, any expectations going in because I just didn't have time to, like, think about it or pray about it or really, like, believe for anything. And um, me and Mariah and Becca went up early Thursday um, to prepare the way. And um, <laughs> I get the food, and, like, as the time's going on, I'm like telling myself I can breathe like I don't really there's not a lot of expectations I'm free of work and like just let it go and it's so hard Um, but as we like get there and we start you know putting the food away and um, doing the little gift baskets and praying for everybody it's just like little by little he just starts to take um, yeah just allowing me to breathe Um, and so that was cool Um, and Friday everybody gets there and um, uh, we have our first, like, sit down, and uh, Becca leads us in imaginative prayer where um, where we just ask Jesus um, what we need, or we t- tell him what we need. Um, and it kind of hit me that just right away, I just said I need to know I'm not alone because I'd been really dealing with that. Um, and, like, just the memories of people responding to my Instagram story like why are you going on a young adults retreat you're not a young adult and I'm like cool 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 I'm old. I am I'm like older than all these um, people and I'm in a different place and um, and all these lies that are so easy to believe that like I'm I've missed it I'm behind I'm something there's something wrong with me all these things um, and so I just said I need to know I'm not alone and he was like so sweet he was right there and just listening to me and consoling me and like not shaming me for believing these lies that I know are lies. Um, so, um, yeah, um, going into that, like continuing on, like feeling the embarrassment of like not feeling like I, like I, I'm in my mid thirties and I'm not married and have no prospects and and I just really want I want that and I want my own family and everything and and so it's like a lot of self-shame you know and um so he met me he met me in that place and um as a side note I just want to say I'm very content I'm very happy I love my life (laughs) I'm not asking like for you to feel sorry for me or like you know encourage me in that like whatever um but I just, like, it's hard for me, and I think everyone can probably relate to, like, comparing your story to others. Like, at my age, my mom had four kids, age, like, 5 to 15, and um, 
And I'm like, what, you know, what's wrong with me? Um, and as the time went on, like, Jesus uh, really started to open my eyes to not only was he there for me, like, physically, presently in that time, but, like, as the days went on and we're just, like, sharing or just messing around, like, he started to show me, like, hey, like, I am with you, like, with Becca. I'm with you, like, I'm showing you myself through her leadership, through her bravery, through, through her ratchetness, <laughs> and through her acceptance of me being ratchet, like, I'm... I'm there with you through Jasmine because she showed up and she's brave and I'm showing you my bravery through her. Like I'm there with you through Maggie who just brings out like a true like version of yourself that you can't be with other people. I'm there with you through Sarah, through the funness, through Maddie, through humor and just like hilariousness and just through Alyssa, through like you are home with her because I am in her and, um, and through Sarah, through like she shared and just the vulnerability through Josh, through humility, like and just the ability to change through Craig and Myra, who like are just there and like just genuinely love us for some reason. And like, even though they are like definitely above us, they are like not in any way showing that or like in any way think that, um, you know. And so, um, yeah, and like at one point, um, in one of our groups, Nicole, like, Nicole, who also, God showed me, like, his um, tenderness and his uh, sensitivity, um, but just this reminded me of the story of um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who, like, were going to be put in the fire, and they said, I believe God will like, free us and will save us, but even if not, like, he's still good, and like, in that moment, <laughs> Those even if started going in my mind, even if I don't get married, if I don't have kids, if I'm still freaking single in my 40s, even if like I'm not free from my anxiety, the anxiety is not mine. He's still good and he still shows up so strongly in worship. And this person who like, not gonna fangirl but like <laughs> like you're responsible for a lot of like Jesus meetings like years ago um in my life and so even if not he's still good and like I cannot deny that I cannot deny my history with him even if <laughs> yeah even if <laughs> he's so good so gang gang also Just proving that the guys had a good time, too. Just saying. <laughs> so I have three things that happened this weekend that were super awesome and new for me. Specifically, the first one was, uh, so our first breakout session that we had, um, we had, like, a time of, like, solitude, like, to be able to, like, listen for God and stuff like that. Um, this was the first time I actually heard him speak to me. Like, ever. <laughs> Although I think the method that I did to like write it all down was not the best because I had my eyes closed the whole time. But um, still got some good points out of it. <laughs> it was just interesting because my upbringing and stuff like that's not something that I would believe would actually happen um, like years ago. But 
this community has definitely changed my opinion on that <laughs> in a lot of ways. Um, uh, the the next two have to do with prayer. The first or the first one of the the last two, second one. Here we go. That's that's easier to say. Um, <laughs> uh, so uh, after we were um, finished with uh, Bill or when Bill and Jen were done, we had like a prayer time for everybody in the room, kind of thing. And Abby actually uh, said a statement of like challenging us all, like if if the Lord's uh, <laughs> tugging on your heart to do it, go for it, because that's what you just need to do. So I was like. I heard him again say, like, pray for everybody in the room. Do it. And I did. <laughs> and that, if you know me in any way, prayer is not my comfort zone at all, especially pray- praying out loud to other people. The fact that you wanted me to pray for everyone. <clears throat> but it was really good and awesome. And then the third one also to do with prayer was, uh, man, I just love the guys in our community. Just saying. <laughs> Because um, there was a point where uh, Logan actually, like, stepped outside for a little bit. And, like, literally all the guys just went after him and prayed over him. And I'm glad I got to know you this weekend, Logan. Because I definitely did not know you as well as I should have, for sure, from the get-go. But um, God is good. And uh, Bill had a thing where he said, like, he's not in the business of um, shame He's not in the shame or the business of bitterness. He's not in the business of uh, regret either. So no matter what y'all are facing, he's still good. And Rachel, you don't need to be a husband to be awesome. Or you don't need to have a husband to be awesome. Just saying. Or be one. But yeah. Who's next? Yeah. No, no, wait, quick, 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 quick. Mine's short. Mine's short. You can come next, Logan. Um, I just want to first say that the ladies of the young adults and RCC in general are just powerful. Um, so, yeah. um, I'm thankful that we can be in a place where their voices are heard because, man, yeah, it's good. Uh, secondly, Andrew is just on fire this weekend. Um, I love you. And yeah, too, in the same vein of what Andrew was saying. Um, yeah, I just love the guys. So good. Logan, it was awesome getting to know you better this weekend and uh, looking forward to it. So you can come up now. But that's all I want to say. just have to say one thing if you think these are hippies you did not live in the 60s I'm just trying to clarify what a hippie is we need to use language correctly so uh, anyway no what I will say is they are far out that's that's true that's true you got a lot of great, uh, great people here, and we had, <clears throat> we were privileged, obviously, to be invited to participate a little bit, and, and uh, of course, it's in the beautiful Georgia mountains, and it's all very cool. So, uh, but we were able just to share. But like I, I explained, I think uh, I learned. I learned more than uh, I'm sure that 
that they did. I, I learned a, a lot about what God does and how God meets each generation and how God brings new things to life. How he does new things that people never thought of, that never heard of. God is in the business of beginnings and newness of life and expressing himself in new and glorious ways. And that's what I experienced up there with these folks. So, um, so that was cool. I'll be very quick. I don't have much, and I won't cry. I promise. Um, <laughs> um, no, I just I'm really thankful for the weekend. Um, I feel like something unique was unlocked. Oh God, okay. Um, <laughs> was unlocked for each of us um, in what's to come. And I don't know what that is. Um, but I told some of them that I feel like God is building and has built something in this group, uh, in this church. Um, for something. And, um, and the big part of this weekend was, I think, unlocking something for in each of us or the beginning of unlocking something for each of us um and a lot of it also real quick so i so i came into this weekend with a lot of heaviness from work and um god gave me a the chance to sit by the creek and see a tree and the leaf and just things that i was like why is this here and over my time sitting there for that hour, he's like, this leaf is a symbol to you for you to let go of this heaviness that you're not meant to carry. And so, um, <laughs> yeah, he, he laughs at me every time that I start crying, so it's funny. No, 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 it's, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. But I, I just, and so I'm coming out of this weekend just lighter because I know that like, yes, I'm going to, those things will probably come back up occasionally, but I have that reminder of that leaf that I gave to the river, that I gave to God, that I let go or began to let go, starting to let go um, a weight that we're not meant to carry. So, um thankful for Becca and the leadership um, and Mariah and all of the planning that went into this because it was so specific and so detailed and so like we had a moment of like being able to write a prophetic word or write a word to somebody that we wouldn't even know who was going to um, and Rachel you, that was you wrote to me you nailed it <laughs> or God nailed it. So, but it was just like anyway, I can go on. But um, I think I'm done now. Okay, cool. <laughs> Whew, I'm gonna steal this last testimony. Sorry, unless someone else wants to go. Maddie, okay, Maddie, you run up as soon as I'm done. All right. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, so I'm Mariah. Hi. Uh, and I'm on staff, so I'm really comfortable in spaces like this. And I'm also human. So when I go through hard times and there's guilt and shame involved, I just want to isolate. So I like did not want to go on this retreat. I gave lots of announcements about it and I secretly didn't want to go. And I got positively socially pressured to go. And I just remember like that I kept looking for spaces to retreat and just be by myself. And even in the very beginning in the morning, we had silence and solitude. And I was like, yes, I can hide. I can just hide and like go be with God and he's gonna give me a word and like, that's it. And I just went and I looked at the mountains and it was scenic and I had my coffee and like nothing. I didn't hear anything. And it was really hard because you already feel alone and then you go to God alone and then you don't hear anything. And then at the end, um, Josh had us break up into groups of what we were struggling with. And so I went into the group of identity and wanting to know that I was beloved. And it was in that space that God came for me. <laughs> and it was through Logan, my like retreat best friend now, um, and Ashley and Elise. It was through them that I got to like really hear God really clearly. And it was so good. And I know you guys see stuff like this and it's like, you can feel lonely in community. There's some of you that probably feel like lonely in this room, but there is something in it. I just wanna invite you into opening up to community because when we let the body of Christ be the body of Christ and be the mouthpiece of Christ, that's where it changes things. There are so many moments that you get it like this, but I feel like there's even more that you get it across the board. And so this retreat was like a reminder to me of the beauty of the body of Christ because that is the voice of Christ. And um, it's really nice just to have that reminder as someone who feels comfortable in those spaces to be unraveled. And I was just unraveled this weekend. You guys are so excellent. You're so wonderful. And it's not unique to just them. It's, it's all of you guys in the room. And I just want you to know in this next season, it's going to feel weird. And it's like Tina said, like the cost, there's a cost of intimacy, but there's a beauty on the other side of it. And there's healing and there's restoration. And there was something that God would not give it to me when I just went to him alone. He withheld it until I put myself in the vulnerability of community. And that was power. And so I just want that to like preach to you if you listen to all of our testimonies, like we're not just some like kumbaya kids that it worked for us. It's for all of us, that invitation's for all of us. There's nothing better than like talking about how awesome this retreat was to a bunch of people that didn't get to go. So I'm really sorry. <laughs> you really should have been there, man. It was great. Um, I just wanted to say that the last like couple of years, someone this morning actually was like, wow, you really smile a lot. And I was like, thanks. And I was like, well, on the inside, I feel like static electricity. But this weekend, just hearing the testimonies of Josh and Sarah and Craig and Myra and Bill and Jen and just seeing like 
the future that God has for us and how like when you walk through your 20s, which are supposed to be the best years of your life, it's really hard and you don't, you don't know how to do anything. <laughs> and so seeing like people that have walked through that already and how like God carried them through really hard seasons and grief was like present, but they're still okay. Like I had peace this weekend for the first time in a really, really long time. And I literally told Bill and Jen, I was like, we're going to be okay. And like, I meant that. And I haven't felt like that in a really long time. And it's hard to genuinely say we're going to be okay. And we are. So that's all I have to say. Come on, Myra. I just want to say that God's appearing to me in this time with young adults is that he is so present in this generation. It gives me hope because the voice in the world is something different. But those that cry to him, he is so there for. And the scripture that came to me this morning thinking about you guys is it's like a handful of corn on the mountain that the harvest is going to be abundant. And it's the cloud the size of a man's hand. He is getting ready to pour out his spirit on this generation and on the earth. And it's something I've cried for my whole life. I've cried for his kingdom to come on this earth as it is in heaven. And it's renewed my hope. <laughs> and I'm so thankful. And I didn't mean to cry. <laughs> If you're on the Young Adult Retreat, you're like, why is she talking? Because I was not on the Young Adult Retreat. Um, and it's been a minute. I don't remember the last time I asked Josh um, if I could say something unexpectedly. Um, but I felt like the Lord was asking me to. So that's what happens, right? Um. So I am a spouse of somebody who's been walking with this guy's group. And I'm on staff with the people that led this young adult retreat. And by age, I qualify <laughs> to have gone on this retreat. Um, and I probably, I couldn't have because I was out of town, but I mean, I could have, and I probably would have felt safe there, even though... It gets tricky in community sometimes when you're by age one thing and yet have young children and all of that. But one thing that I felt, which kind of taps into what Mariah said was, felt like what the Lord was wanting to say was, for those of you who have been sitting in this room or watching online and has heard, heard the testimony of the guys, and has heard the testimony of the young adult retreats. I was reminded of the, past, the verse in Malachi 4, and it says, it talks about the day of the Lord, and it says, and he will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to the fathers. And so what is happening right now is that, 
It is the children's hearts being turned to the fathers and it's an invitation for the hearts of the fathers and the mothers to be turning to the children. This is not for the retreat or for the guys group. What this is, is an invitation and an ongoing movement of the spirit. Because you wanna talk about the goodness of God, what I can tell you is it has nothing to do with the retreat. It was good, but it was God and it was the spirit. And he's so good and he's so creative and he's so mysterious and never ending that it was not special to just that place and that weekend with those people. It is here and it is now and it is next Sunday and it's next Thursday and it's next Tuesday. And it is for this community of people who say yes again and again and again. And so if you're sitting there with jealousy, what I encourage you to do is to trust the magnitude and the mystery of God so much that you move to a posture of celebration because somebody in our community has tasted and seen and he's going to do the same thing again and again and again. That is what today is. It was good and it was special and it was new, unique, but there is not something I missed out on. It is not something that if you weren't there, you missed out on something. It is a reminder. It is an invitation. It is an opportunity to say, would you do it again and again and again? There is no ending to the ways in which he will move in our lives, in our communities, when our posture is one of yes. What beauty would it be if when we hear the testimony of somebody else, we get to walk in celebration because we recognize we didn't miss out and it's not just for them. We get to then turn inward towards the Father and say, would you do it again for me and for my community on this Sunday morning? And so as somebody who has been around it, but not in it, I can testify that it is for my good and my walk with Jesus that I hear of the goodness of what he did in these groups. When we talk about community, when we talk about discipleship groups, when we talk about life groups, what we are saying is it is for our good and it is for my the good of my walk with Jesus that you have heard the testimonies of the saints of those in the room. May they go forth and may they be built upon the praises towards our, towards our God. And so this morning, I just want to bless every person that wasn't on a retreat. I want to bless every dude that wasn't one of the 12. I want to bless every woman that has felt like I didn't have a place or there hasn't been a group for me yet. And I just want you to know that it is again and again and again. And there is a place for you to have a yes with the Lord. And you don't need a retreat. You don't need any one of us to do a thing for you because it is the Spirit of God who is always willing, able, and desiring to breathe on you. And when he breathes, this this testimony is what you get. And so I bless you. 
I bless every one of you. And I thank you to the young adults. I thank you for the hearts of the young adults for being willing to step into this and to be maybe one of the first. Thank you. Thank you for your boldness and your willingness and your, and your transparency. Thank you for leading the way and turning your hearts to the Father. And thank you for the older people who had their hearts turned towards them and said, let me offer you a hand. Let me offer you and show you the way in which God has showed up in my life. And I pray that it is just the initial flame, that it is just the beginning of what begins to spread in our community. That is what and who God is. That is in his nature. And I pray that we will not be able to contain it and we will not control it. If you'd stand with me. Harvest, I'm sure you're familiar with the doxology. What is it? It's called the doxology. Never, I can teach never you. Never heard of it. I'm just kidding. All right, happy birthday style. Let's close it with, uh, with this song. And praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly Sing you sing it one more time. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye. Time just the voices. Praise God from whom
start talking, you're not talking. Amen. Amen. God is good. Father, I pray a blessing over this community, the fathers, the mothers, the kids, all of us. We just pray that you would go before us and be with us. We thank you that we are with you, Jesus. Amen. Love you guys. Thank you again for joining us today, and please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com.